Hey everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and I don't know, maybe some other things that I'm unaware of, but hey, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. I'm your host, with the most, my name is Reese. behind the camera is the one and only Rhino, be nice to him, he's an endangered species, and let's jump in and talk about the last week in Wargaming. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right, so been a little slow because Games Workshop isn't releasing anything, uh, really, but they're still giving us some uh, rumors. Everybody in the chat, loving my shirt. Thank you. Thank you. If you hear me talking to people that you can't see or hear because you're listening to us on a podcast, uh, there is a live chat, 11 a.m. Pacific Center Time. If you want to join us, please do. It makes it fun. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite shirts. I'm, uh, I've had it forever. A really nice plaid shirt lasts a really long time. But thank you, everybody, for commenting on it. It's a little chilly today here in the desert, so uh, I love it. Love it. It's, it's manly yet sensitive. Purple, purple plaid cowboy shirt. Um, at any rate, GW is not releasing anything, and uh, so it's a little slow. Uh, rumor is that they had a major, a major uh, foobar scenario at their warehouse with some software going down. We don't know. Um, we don't know the whole story. We just know that they pumped the brakes. So, hey, is what it is. In the meantime, they are giving us a little bit of rumors here and there. Like this first one, well, this isn't a rumor. This is news. Is that uh, the Lumineth Realm Lords are going to be join joining Warcry? Really excited for that. Um, I have almost every single Warcry model. Still have never played the game. It looks actually really fun. I've read the rulebook a couple times. It looks like a really fun game. I'm not sold on the uh, the random like you you randomly activate abilities. I'm not I'm not huge into that. I don't. The game looks like it's really fun, but me as being kind of like a more of a competitively leaning player, the randomness is a bit of a turnoff. But I haven't played it, so I don't know. Regardless, I love the Warcry models. I like I said, I have almost every single one of them. And uh, if this means we're going to get a Lumineth Realm Lords box, it's kind of like a little bit of a little bit of everything. I'm buying it for sure, assuming we actually get more than two, as was, <laughs> has been the case for almost every release so far. Been fun. I was going to get the vampires for Warhammer Underworlds, and uh, yeah, well, we got two. So we got kept them for our um, customers. Assuming I can get any, and assuming that they come out with a box set that's like a mix of all the different Lumineth units, I'm on that. It looks really fun. I'd read the rules that they previewed. But um, I don't even, it'd be stupid because, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> with no context. So let's move on ahead and take a look at this ultra cool new Sylvaneth model. Man, say what you will, Games Workshop is making the dopest models. There's just, there's just no arguing the, that fact. For as frustrating as their distribution chain can be and some of the decisions they make as a company, as annoying as they can be sometimes, man, the models are amazing. And um, that guy is called a Revenant Flute flute Tutor or something like that. Uh, Warsong Revenant. Not quite as good as Flute Tutor, but it's close. Brilliant model. Absolutely love it. Next up, we have a new Sisters of Battle model. The model's amazing. She needs to find a new uh, hairdresser because that is like the dumb and dumber cut right on the nose, right? Like no, 
no idea what is going on with this haircut. Um, good thing she comes with a helmeted option. We'll just go with that. In the chat, uh, <laughs> Retziani says he's a, a beetle hatching jazz flautist, fluter tutor. If you guys want to see, and gals, you want to see the one of the funniest flute-oriented skits I've ever seen in my life. On Saturday Night Live, they have a little show, repeating show called uh, What Up With That? And Zach Galifianakis comes on as an ambidextrous disco flute player. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And that is what the war song Revenant reminds me of, is the ambidextrous disco flutist. It's pure gold. Go watch it after you watch this. You'll pee your pants laughing. I, I almost guarantee it. Um, we have a new Necromunda box set coming and we got a little preview of one of the, uh, gangs in it, the, the Delacue. And seriously, the models are just beyond dope. As I've said in the past, uh, it reminds me of Dark City, which is a badass movie that came out around the same time as The Matrix, the first Matrix. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's super awesome. And every time I look at these models, I immediately think of, uh, of Dark City. Um, just, it's a great sci-fi film. Really, really good. Models are brilliant. I could see these being worked into Gene Sealer Colt, um, you know, uh, used for all kinds of different purposes. Really brilliant, brilliant models. Rad Pace, if you posted a link to that video in the chat, you're the man. That, oh my gosh, it's funny. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis is just a gifted comedian. All right, next up on the docket, besides these really cool Delacue models, are, we're waiting for it. Who knows? It could be anything. Oh, we're going to talk about the Lone Star Open. I know, a little slow on the draw today. A little, a little slow. We stayed up late watching Mortal Kombat, and uh, the Rhino is a sleepy Rhino. By the way, Mortal Kombat, horrible movie awesomely good time totally recommend it if you don't mind extreme violence and really inappropriate humor which is right up my alley loved it two hours well spent but don't expect it to be a good movie because it's not super fun can't wait for the sequel rumor is that they're trying to get ryan reynolds to play johnny cage please let that happen that'd be so on point with the comedy of the movie but let's talk about the lone star open 2021 this is coming up in allen texas we added Kill Team and Warhammer Underworlds to the lineup of events. So if you want to go, grab a ticket. It's going to be super duper fun. Uh, will be a very large event. And of course, Kill Team Underworlds now on the docket. All right. Next up, Atlantic City Open. This is turning into a really big event. It's already much bigger than we expected uh, it to be. We were able to add more space safely. Uh, the governor of uh, New Jersey just announced two days ago that they were gonna allow um, events to be bigger. So we're gonna be able to grow a little bit. We're still maintaining social distancing. Um, so we can't grow as big as, um, uh, as we would be able to looking at just the guidelines in terms of numbers. But in order to maintain social distancing, be safe, make that a number one priority, um, we were able to add some space, but uh, it's still limited. Now, it's going to be a super exciting event. Obviously, it's in a beautiful venue, uh, Atlantic City. But the uh, 40K champs 
is already over 300 people. So it's going to be the biggest event since, I believe, since the LVO 2020. Um, uh, definitely post-plague. So jump in there, get a big score for the ITC. The Age of Sigmar event <coughs> is pushing 100. So it's going to be a huge Age of Sigmar event as well. And we've got Star Wars Legion that's almost sold out. Lord of the Rings, interestingly, it's all down to like five tickets. And we have a, a kill team there as well. So come on out, Atlantic City, have some fun, roll some dice, get a ticket, and have a good time. Ray Awumata in the chat says, all 40K is friendly. Liar. Liar. Ray plays sweat dripping off the end of his nose. Death or glory. Pays for pink slips or... Loser commits seppuku. Just kidding. Ray's not that serious. Although he, he does play pretty seriously. <laughs> oh, Wolf Breeze Carl just watched the, the, the video I was talking about. It's seriously one of the funniest SNL skits I've ever seen. It's so good. Uh, Las Vegas Team Tournament. This is uh, kind of coming up in September. The uh, registration is going to open up on May 7th. That's in 10 days. If you are an Express Pass holder, check your email today. We're going to send out that email today, Wednesday, what is it, the 28th of April, so that you have a chance to grab tickets first. Um, you never know how registration is going to go for a new event, but judging from the hype online, I'm willing to bet that this sells out extremely quickly. It could be a, a day one sellout on this for the Las Vegas team tournament. So make sure that you are ready to buy a ticket. If you're an express pass holder, make sure that you go and check your email today, the 28th Wednesday and grab one early. It's going to be a tight window for express pass holders because we are opening up the registration for this on May 7th. It's only going to be a 40 K team tournament. That is it. It's super simple. Simplest event. We're going to roll all or uh, run all season long and just to give you an idea we are doing five person teams and there's only going to be one of each codex per team so what that means is you can have one space marine player because all of the the supplements are supplements to codex space marines um you know you, you can have one ash military player one drukari player so the one thing that we're still debating because again we want we want variety the one thing we're debating is um, some of the administrative staff had proposed that we limit it to one of each super faction with one duplicate super faction. What does that mean to people who aren't following? That means Imperium, Chaos, Xenos, and then we kind of separated uh, space elves into their own since they have so many different armies. What do you think about that? Let us know. Do you think that would be more or less fun for a team event? And then you'd be able to duplicate one of the super factions once but still only one codex per team. So what that means is you could have two players with an Imperium army or two players with a Azuryani army or uh, two players with a uh, Xenos army. Let us know what you think. Does that sound fun or no? Because we're still debating that. That's the only thing that we are debating. The fear is if we don't do that, that every team will have, you know, or, or a, a majority of the teams will have Drukari and Harlequins and Space Marines on every single team. So let us know what you think. Let us know what you think. Uh, leave a comment in the chat. Uh, leave a comment on the blog post is the best way to do it or on the Facebook post. And uh, yeah, let us know. 
uh, with five-person teams, then you'll get you're guaranteed to have some variety. It's not you know Admech, Drakari, Space Marines, fill in the blanks on you know on the majority of the teams. So. Christopher Nugent says his entire play group of Space Marines. Yeah. Well, the thing, like, the thing is, if you don't do that for a team event, you get, you end up getting, like, three Space Marines and two Harlequins and Drakari or something like that. It just gets super, super dull and, and lame. Team events are about having fun and having cool pairings and having fun with the matchups and stuff like that. Yeah, Ray, Ray in the chat says there'll still be patterns no matter the restrictions you put in place. That is true. That is true. There'll always be a perceived optimum path. And internally, that's what we've been debating is, does it matter? If we say you, you limit the super faction or codex, does it matter? You're still going to have similar team construction. Um, but the difference is, instead of it being like, you know, Dracarly, Harlequin, Admech, Space Marine, um, you know, whatever, on the majority of teams, you'll at least have a little bit more variety in regards to the... Um, the different factions being represented in the super factions. So I, I personally feel like it's more fun if everybody has to take, uh, whatever, you know, a little bit more variety. Um, but let us know what uh, you think we're not playing in the event. We're running the event and our job is to serve you as the, uh, as the, the customer, uh, Marcos, no, no all org teams, unfortunately. Um, that like the Adepticon team tournament, that's the way they run. I believe that that, that is the way they used to run it. I, I don't want, I, I think they still do it that way. Um, that's how they roll, uh, for the kind of team tournament we're doing. We want variety. I think, um, uh, there's room for both kinds of events, but the, the more like, you know, quote unquote competitive style event, that's the way they tend to roll. Duplicity paint is LV t team tournament going to be a 20 and O. Or is it win-loss draw? Yeah, we're, we're going win-loss draw. We debated it internally at length. Um, having played in a lot of team tournaments where it's the, the margin of victory, um, I'm, not, I'm not dissing it. I just never really felt like it added anything. I don't feel like it makes it a better experience, personally. So the way we're going to play it, it's going to be win-loss draw, and then battle points are the tiebreaker. So first team to three wins wins the round. But every point still matters because for all the people that are, you know, two and one, your your accumulated um, victory points in each game, battle battle points in each game, are added to your total, and that's how you stratify the field. And if you have a true tie, like two one and two, in a round, which is extremely hard to do, but um, if that it comes up, your accumulated battle points matter. So uh, each point still matters right? Like it's still super important to get every single point you can. So even if you're losing a game or if your if your team has already lost a round, it's still, you still have to fight for all those points. Cause that's where you're going to rank in the overall field. Um, but it's just, it's a lot more straightforward and simple, right? Like you win three, if you win three games, you won the round. Cause like in team tournaments I've played in, we've had situations where we'll go like one in four, like we lose four games but it's so close that we tie for the round and you're it's just like, what it, this is, uh, it, 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 I, I, after doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of people, I, I just, I don't see the benefit to it. Um, and again, I'm not knocking it, not saying it's a bad system. It works great for a lot of events, uh, that have wonderful events and, uh, there's totally room for it. 
but um, we're, we're coming at it from a little bit of a different angle in that regard. And uh, I think it's going to be simpler, more intuitive. I think people are going to understand it and uh, just going to be able to approach it right out the gates, never having played in a team event. It'll make sense to them. Whatever team wins the most games, wins the round. <laughs> on you go. Uh, so let us know, though. Let us know on the Super Faction question. That's the only thing we're still debating um, on that regard. Uh, what up, 40K Stat Center? Thanks for joining us. Lou Rollins says, teams are super rad, so juiced. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're really excited for the team event. Um, I hope people dress up as well. Tomodachi, that'd be awesome to get some cosplay. We usually do at team events. Uh, Greening says, team events are the most fun. Yeah, this is the kind of hype I'm talking about. This is why I think this event's going to sell out really quick, so make sure you buy your ticket on the 7th of May. And we're, we're actually debating having the uh, New Orleans Open be a team event as well because a team trip to New Orleans sounds like a no-brainer. Sounds like it'd be so much fun. And the, the hall's not huge at the New Orleans event, so we might only be able to fit a couple of, a couple of events. So we're actually debating having the, the New Orleans Open be a team event as well. All right. Yes, there will be hobby track. Uh, Rummy Runner, all of our events have hobby track. All of them. All of them! Moving on. Awesome. Fun discussion. Thanks, everybody, for your, your insights on uh, team events. We're really excited. They're, logistically, they're easier to run, too. So I, I think a lot of events are going to be team events in the future. Our friends over at Creature Caster have launched their own game. It's called Judgment Eternal Champions. Creature Caster is a Canadian company. They make some of the best miniatures in the world, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, too. You've probably seen their miniatures on the table in games. They make a lot of alternative demon models. That's what they're most famous for. Some really big, impressive ones. This is their first attempt at making a game. The game looks super, super cool. It's like a MOBA, but you play with miniatures and you play on a really, really cool neoprene gaming mat that was made by, it must have been genius supermodel men made that, uh, made that mat. Wouldn't you agree, Rhino? Might be the best part of the game. Just kidding. The, the miniatures are obviously the best part of the game. Um, wonderful looking game. We're going to be showing you some of these models. We have some here. The quality is spectacular. They're easily as good as Forge World models in terms of the quality and the detail. The game looks like a lot of fun. It already funded, what like super funded in the first day. So check it out. If you think the game looks like fun and something you'd want to support, uh, Creature Caster, or they're, they're, they're good people. They support the community. Uh, they're associated with uh, Play on Tabletop, which is, I, I think, the best uh, one of the best 40k channels on YouTube. Check it out. Consider supporting the game. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun, and we'll be playing it and telling you about it, too, in the next couple days. All right. Genius Supermodel Men, says Phil Kelly. Okay, how about moderate, intelligent, and not hideously ugly men? Can we get that much? Huh? Can we at least get that? <laughs> Uh, ITC, it's so good to see it coming back to life. For those of you, for our gaming brothers and sisters in countries where you're still enduring lockdown, heart goes out to you. I'm sorry that you're still stuck, uh, but uh, things are definitely coming back to life in America in a big, big way. Those vaccines are just shooting them out, baby. It's great. So good to get this crap behind us. So for those of you who are still enduring it, Hang tough. Emotionally, we're with you. 
but we're going to go play games. So <laughs> we'll hope to see you soon. Uh, tons of events this past weekend. Of course, what everybody is talking about for good reason is uh, Drukari dominance. Now, I'm going to say the thing I always say for years and years and years. This always happens. It always looks worse at first than it actually is. The meta will adjust. People will adjust. You know, Jakari came out with the Thunder. They probably are OP. Hopefully the FAQ tones them down a little bit. But as a wise man once told me, nothing is ever as good or as bad as it at first appears. So don't chicken little. Be cool. Jakari, you're probably going to get toned down once people adjust to him a little bit. They'll probably get FAQ'd. So don't, um, you know, don't lose your shit. Excuse my French. Don't lose your stuff. Uh, people will adapt. Are they probably OP? Yeah. But is, but is it by as much as it appears now? Probably not. So, um, you know, time will tell. But, you know, just stay calm. Stay calm and carry on. But let's take a look at the top four placings over the past weekend. We had a ton of events. Big shout out to 40K Stat Center, the Falcon up there in the snowy north doing the Emperor's work, putting together all these numbers. So besides the, 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 the salty tears about Jukari, which are probably justified, this is a really, really good spread of podium finishes for armies. Like, uh, this, this is like better than it usually is, in my opinion. Let's take a look. White Scars had a first and third. Sisters of Battle had a second and fourth. Orcs had a third. Death Card had two fourth and a third. Jukari had three firsts and two, a second and a fourth. Admech had two second, Harlequins a third, Chaos two fourths and a second, Imperium, which is, you know, mixed, Imperium two third and a fourth, Tyranids a first, Tau a second, Necrons a second and a first, Astromilitarium a second, Blood Angels a third, Azayani a fourth, Imperial Knights a first, Custodes a third. That's a really good mix of podium finishes, right? Like, it's not total Drakari domination yet. Maybe it will be, I hope not. But that's a really, really healthy mix of armies. I mean, Imperial Knights are widely considered to be one of the worst armies in the game, as are Tyranids, and Tau, and they all got, you know, uh, they all podiumed. So let's not all, uh, let's not all focus on the negative. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a really good diverse mix. Let's see if Drakari gets toned down a little bit, but the world's not ending. Adapt your tactics, overcome, stay positive, and you'll enjoy the game more. But congratulations to everybody who did so well this past uh, weekend. And I can't wait to see more data roll in. All right, let's take a look at the leaderboards. For current 40K competitive track, top five. Ryan Snyder continues to lead the pack, although his lead has been narrowed considerably. Ben Truian is in second, Jeremiah Pettit in third, Charlie Andre in fourth, and James Kelling in fifth. Hobby track, got a lot of activity in the hobby track. Rick Hill leads the pack by a mile right now. Congratulations. O'Shea Aduna in second. JT Steiger in third. Sean Nasto in fourth. Nicholas Winker in fifth. Age of Sigmar, top five. We've got Anthony Trentinelli in first. Matt Abbott in second. Ramon Silva in third. Gabriel Pacheco in fourth. Sam Valdez in fifth. Hobby Track AOS. Still got that sweet multi-first place tie. You know what? If you play Age of Sigmar and you have a beautiful army, which most of you do, just make sure your uh, TO throws in a hobby track score. It's really easy to do. You can do it on BCP. Just do it right on your phone. 
and uh, you could be first place. Or you could be one of the ten. <laughs> Tied for first. But uh, let's take a look at who that is, because they deserve their, their time in the sun. Brendan Dominguez, Matt Abbott, Nick Garcia, Noah Aquino, Pablo Abarca, all first place. Fun times. You know, it's like participation trophies. Rhino, everyone wins here. No one loses, everyone wins. Uh, kill team, current top five. Alvaro Lorenzo in first. Fernando Marcos in second. Saul Perez Nunez in third. Arturo Sancho in fourth. And Adon Ganak in fifth. Well done. Oh, baby, look at these beautiful models. And no, they're not the kind that you find in Sports Illustrated. Better, they're a chaos war band. Right? 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 Yeah, that's right. Abaddon doesn't have time for any girls in bikinis. He's too busy getting his ass kicked. Although he did, he did pretty good last time. Finally blew up Kadia. Uh, but that uh, Black Legion War Band was painted, of course, by the FLG Paint Studio. If you have some models sitting on your shelf that need to be painted, send them our way. We're happy to get it done for you for a reasonable price. And we also have some Admech and some Necrons looking good. Yeah, Pablo's got his Necrons partially painted by the FLG Paint Studio. He got the uh, showpiece models painted by the studio, and then he's doing the rest. When you next play him at a tournament, I bet you can't tell the difference. <laughs> they don't make rhino-sized paintbrushes. It's not his fault. How much would it cost to get Pablo to paint your models? Probably a lot, because he does not enjoy painting. Uh, Marcos says these models are hot. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they do look great. They look really good. Uh, you want Pablo to paint your Silent King. That would be a waste of a Silent King. Pablo's not terrible. I'm being, I'm being harsh. It's not great. All right, everybody, if you have any questions, hit me with your best shot before we wrap this up. And hope you're all having a great, great week. Great week. Also, uh, funny, Demon Slayer, the anime, outdid, outsold, uh, Mortal Kombat in the box office this past weekend, which is super funny. But I started watching uh, the Demon Slayer anime. Like, I'm like, I think I'm almost through the first season. It's really good. It's definitely got like a little bit of a, it's a little formulaic, like, you know, kid, bad thing happens to kid. He goes and trains on the mountain with the Yoda type figure. And then he's, you know, a good person in his heart, but he's a badass fighter. And ah, it's a little formulaic for a, what do you, what do you call that? Shonen? Right, shonen is when it's for kids, for young boys, like uh, Naruto. Right, help me out here, Rhino. You're a weeb. I'm, not. I'm more weeby than you by a mile, <laughs> like by a mile. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you like anime, like I love anime. I, I like to make fun of it, but I also love it. Uh, Demon Slayer is actually it's actually pretty dang good so far. So I'll probably go watch the movie too. Um, I just I think it's really interesting that anime is so mainstream now that it outdid Mortal Kombat. Like when I was a kid, I had to watch Dragon Ball Z on the Spanish channel because that was the only time you could find it. And when I went to the movie store with or to rent out a video, which is like Netflix, but in real life for you kids, I would always get uh, Ultraman when I was a little kid and like Voltron, those are my favorite. But I was like, barely any kids I knew actually watched them. So it's really cool to see how far it's come. Like, it was something you could only watch on, like, the sci-fi channel at, like, 2 in the morning 
and now it's like everywhere, which I think is cool. Uh, I think it's really cool. Any chance of a narrative at the Lone Star Open, Marcos? Uh, probably not this year. We'll definitely, we'll definitely get there though. Pro- probably 2022 we'll have a narrative. This year though, like because of all the weird restrictions and everything, we're trying not to bite off more than we can chew, keep it a little bit uh, relatively focused. But we'll, we'll have a narrative in the future. Uh, Rum Runner said the movie, the Demon Slayer movie was great. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go see it. I'm, I'm enjoying the series quite a bit, honestly. Uh, what codex am I looking forward to the most? Green Ink, uh, definitely. Um, I, well, Astro Militarum is my favorite army, so I'm looking forward to that. But we haven't heard anything about it, so I don't think it's, you know, close. So it, with what looks like it's coming soon, orcs look like they're coming up soon. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, Tomodachi says, you're a priest, and I appreciate that I ne- pronounced it correctly. You're very welcome. JJBA part six. What is that? JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. You know what? Sideways, I cannot get into JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Like I, it's just too weird for me. Like I don't, I don't dislike it. It's just like, it's just too weird. Like I, I tried to get into it, and I watched the first season, and then it, it just, it's just so strange. It's a little too much for me. Um, not a put down. I just, I like anime that's a little bit more serious than that. Yeah, I feel like I rub my belly. When my dad and I would go to the uh, Blockbuster, or the local video store, it was so much fun to walk around and look, look at all the videos. Uh, can I see? Uh, squats, Wolfries Carl, yes. Do some squats, it's good for you. Uh, if I could get new guard models, which unit would you choose to be remade first? Green Ink, absolutely Catachan Infantry. Those models are so dated. I would love to see um, updated Catachan infantry models to look like the um, command squads, which are spectacular. Uh, block, blockbuster and Suncoast, Tomodachi, yeah. And, we, and back in the old days, you always had mom and pop video rental stores too. Like where it was, you know, just a family owned video rental place. It, it was fun. I used to love going to the, to the video store. Although, you know, Netflix is obviously infinitely more convenient. Uh, where is the venue for the LVO 2022? Asks Conman Chronicles. It's uh, at the Rio, and if you want to book your room, go to the tab that says FLG Events on Frontline Gaming's homepage. Click on it, and it has our full calendar of events, and it also has uh, booking codes for all the hotels that you can currently book. So if you want to just jump in there and go ahead and book your room, you can. It's going to fill up for sure. I have a feeling the LVO 2022 is going to go absolutely ham. Ham. We have room for, I don't think it'll happen. We have room for 2,000 people in the main hall um, for 40K at the, at the LVO 2022. Have I checked out a race on Hulu? I have not, but I definitely will check it out. Um, that looks good. Uh, sideways, who is showing up to the P9 Power 9 RTT this weekend? I have to work this weekend. Pablo might go. Leo is probably going to go. Um, Kevin, Kevin will probably be there sideways. Frank, Frankie might be there. I think he's here. He's here this weekend, but usually Leo and Kevin will be there from the, from the squad. Be, please be kind. Rewind. That's right, Lou. That's awesome. Uh, what's the venue for the Las Vegas teams run runner? It's at a, a hotel called palace station, uh, at the very end of the strip. Really, really good. Um, very affordable. 
So the booking link is up for that, for the team tournament, if you want to go and book your room, because the hotel will probably fill. Uh, Rum Runner, have you seen Invincible on Amazon? Bruh. Bruh. I have the entire collection of Invincible comics. Have I watched it on Amazon? Yes. Uh, Sass. Sass aside, yeah, it's really good. Just going to warn you, the way the animation looks, you think it's going to be very family-friendly? Uh... It's super violent. So uh, before you watch Invincible with kids, be aware of the fact that the morals and the heart of the story are very family friendly, but it's extremely violent, just like the comics. It's this weird mix of wholesome and like ultra violent. So super recommended if that doesn't turn you off. Um, Then of course the comics are amazing. Like the, the series is going through the story at like lightning speed. Like, the the big reveal at the end of the first episode happens at the first arc in the comics. So it's going really quick, but totally recommend it. Uh, Phil Killer, rub my belly. Will the Curse City get the Indominus treatment? Will they do made for order? I certainly hope so, because we got boned. Boned on that deal. GW really hosed us on that. I'm sure they didn't mean to. I'm sure they're not happy with how it went either. But wow, we got screwed on that deal. And a lot of other retailers did as well. And a lot of customers did as well. I think the right thing to do would be to to do the made-to-order so people could get them. But we'll see what GW actually does. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed episode 733 of the Venerable Dreadnought. That is Signals from the Frontline. We've been doing the Emperor's work since before the Horus Heresy. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me. It always makes the show a lot more enjoyable to talk to you all. And we will see you all next week. Mortal Kombat. Boop, 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 boop.